Good evening everyone and welcome to our first live of this month. Today we are welcoming Ryan Roy with whom we are going to discuss home, culture, identity, uh, diaspora and third culture. I hope you guys will enjoy the live and please do not hesitate to ask any question. Hello. Hi. Sorry How are you? Got out of the shower. <laughs> no worries. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How about you? Good. Thank you. I'm really excited for the live. Thank you for uh, participating. <laughs> oh, I can't hear you. Sorry. Yeah, there. She can be better, maybe. Sorry. Can you hear me now? Yes. Can you hear me as well? Yeah, I can hear you. Perfect. Uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions uh, throughout mm -hmm. the live. Uh, obviously, if there is any question that you don't want to answer, you don't have to. Um, but yes, I'm excited. Me too. <laughs> um, so we're going to start um, to talk about the home. Mm -hmm. And before we start, I would like to ask you if you could give a small introduction about yourself. Yeah, so, hi guys, my name is Ryan, um, so giving you a little background on my life, basically, so I'm half French, half Moroccan, but we probably will get, like, in the specifics a bit later, because uh, it's, it's a bit tricky, but basically, um, my whole life, actually, I've moved around, so I've never lived in the same um, country for more than five years, and so that was because of my father's job, so we were always changing countries, and cities and schools and so yeah and like I lived most of my life mainly in like the um, Caribbean South America I also lived in Africa and yeah now I'm in the UK for almost three years so I'm in the union I'm in my third year perfect thank you that's that's good um, for people to know when you answer the questions um, so talking about this uh, the first thing I wanted to ask you is uh, how uh, could you define home and what does it mean to you um home is a bit of a complicated com concept yes it is so there's two types of homes um basically there is um home where i live currently so right now i'm in the uk i'm in nottingham so that's my home yes and um then there's also like a home where I go back to. So like I have a house in France and that's where we usually go um, twice, a, twice a year. Yeah. Yes. So have you always felt at home in England? Yeah, I think it's working out. Sorry, I think there's like <laughs> problems. Don't worry. Um, so thank you for your answer. Um, have you always felt at home in England then? Mm, like, it's interesting. So like, yeah, I feel like it's where I'm living. Like, 
you know, and I forgot like, oh, I'm going back home. So I'll say for like, to people, but it's an interesting concept because it's home where I'm living right now. It's like where I like yes. sleep, where I like live. But the sense of like coziness, like of um, if I close my eyes and reflect and I'm like, oh, where I want to go. I don't, it wouldn't, I wouldn't think of the UK automatically. So it mostly be like where I live in France. So yeah. Okay. Um, could you define your culture and maybe give some examples of your culture as well? So, see, it's really interesting the concept of culture with me because, so, you know, um, there's the whole idea of like being, you know, a third culture child, you know, where yes. you're like, um, you know, you have like the culture of your family. So, usually, like yes. immigrant children, it's like actually a concept was in America, I think, created um, by psychologists. And basically, it was you're a child from an immigrant family and you live in your host country. And so that's two cultures, and you're a blend of those two cultures. And then, you know, you're the third culture. But see, for me, it's very interesting because, like, both of my parents don't come from the same cultural background at all. And um, I've lived in different countries as well. So, in a way, it's like, fourth culture fifth culture because every time like, yes. I go somewhere else I um I gain a bit of that culture you know and so in music I listened to to for example like as a kid I grew up listening I lived in South America you know so I listened to like a lot of Latino music yes. uh, you know um things I cook I cook like my mother is Arab so I cook like a lot of Arabic food at home but at the same time um I also you know I speak French Like that's my like that's my native language. I go back to French. I do very French things in some ways, uh, but it seems to me, you know, for example, um, there are words and like some like items. Like for example, a fun fact is like so the last country I lived before coming to the UK, which is Trinidad and Tobago, um, they have a word for like hanging out, which means liming, and so okay. like for the longest time, like that's been sticked with me when I came to the UK, and I'm like, oh, we should totally have a lime. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, no one actually knows what the fuck about, you know? You couldn't it's separate small... anymore. Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's small aspects of everything. But that's what I like. Like, a lot of people ask me, what's your favorite country you've lived in? And I go, like, there isn't really a favorite country because each country has their own, like, their own positive aspects. Of And course, you can't compare like, them. Yeah, you can't really compare because everything is different. So, yeah. It is, and I think because I was talking with Lina um, about it last last week in the live, mm -hmm. um, I think it's important to, you know, consider culture uh, relativism. Like you shouldn't compare cultures between them and think that one culture is better than another. Um, so I totally get what you mean. Uh, so because of that, do you think that your culture is separate from your home, or do you think there are two things that are linked so in a way you know for example in france like when i go back to my home yes i actually feel very different from french people quite often because in things we do culturally like french people are more cold like they're a bit yes. more reserved like you've been you know you've been quite like immersed in the french culture and there's like this very yes. big wall within people you know And I grew up, like, in a very, so 
on my mom is Arab as well, like she's from Morocco, like you. And um, I grew up in a very Mediterranean environment as well. My dad's family, actually, technically, it's it's French, but like by um by circumstance, you know, like my yes. grandparents were raised in a very like actually Mediterranean mindset. So um so yeah, so I grew up in a very like warm household. And like in the fact that I live in these different countries are quite warm. I am quite warm as a person. So going back, it's always really hard. Sometimes like some things are quite shocking what they do, like yes. what people do. And so sometimes yeah, I do feel a bit left out from them culturally. But then like um, when I go abroad, a lot of people are like, "Oh my god, you're so French!" Like things you do, because in some ways like there are things I do which actually really feed the ser- a stereotype of a French person. But as well, yeah when you know a French person, it's very different, you know? So I know it, what you mean, yes. Uh, but then, do you think you are navigating between these different cultures? Because you said there are some parts, parts of you that are close to the French culture, but then some other parts, you know, are closer to the Mediterranean culture. So do you think you're navigating between um, these cultures? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, um, I think so, you know, like, It is, like, they are part of me, and yes. uh, at the end of the day, I take what I want from them, but it is, mm, like, I don't know, what do you, like, what do you mean by navigating? Like, are there some days when you are more French, and some days you feel more Mediterranean, or is it, you know, just a big mix that makes you. Uh, Because for example, for me, sometimes I feel closer, like some days I feel closer to Morocco, but some other days I feel, you know, more French, which is really weird. Um, But I think it depends on the environment as well. But do you feel like that as well? Yeah. So I think like I've, um, it's like, I have those, I've taken this from aspects of of just cultures which actually quite influenced my personality. So there will be moments of the day, you know, where I'll be like doing very, 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 very French things, you know. <laughs> or like yeah. there'll be moments of the day where I'm doing really like, you know, very Moroccan things or very like, you know, South American things or like Caribbean things. Um it just really depends, you know. Like that by by navigating, yeah, I guess like, you know, actually For the longest time as a child, um, like when I was younger growing up, because I grew up in a household that was very like, um, very French. Yes, and, from both of like, your parents, then, obviously. From both my parents, because I mean, in a way, we were very, we were really directed more like Western night. We were really Western, yes. even though my yes. mom's family were really, we are quite Westernly oriented. So at home, we, so I don't speak Arabic, unfortunately, but that's a more complicated story because as a kid, I had to learn other languages, but um, we grew up speaking French at home. And so a lot of things that uh, we did were really French. So for the longest time, I really kind of like, didn't really like, like, not, like things that were Arab were normal for me, but then yes. I would see like actually a lot of hatred towards Arabs around me. Like, you know, because as a child, you know, like after 9-11 and everything that had happened. Um, so did you feel that, uncomfortable being um I guess, like, 
I guess maybe like being associated with something that I knew wasn't me yes. um, in a way bothered me because I was like the exposure I was getting and I was yeah. the reaction from people you know yes. so I guess like you know I didn't really acknowledge it as growing up I started realizing that you know it is something that's part of me and is a culture I'm very much in touch with so like I should instead embrace it um and make it like a strength because there is nothing wrong with it you know and it's just as well to portray um how the media the western media portrays um portrays Arab people and um you know also you need to look at it that like the length of things are very Eurocentric. Yes. We, the information we get. So. so do you think because you were scared of people associating you with a very a minority, basically, uh, do you think it had an impact on, you know, accepting yourself, you know, as a half Moroccan, half French, but growing up in South America, do you think it had an impact on that? Well, Mm. yeah because i was like i don't want to be discriminated from people you know you're the new yes. person you're coming in you're feeling the water you don't really know how things are um like you don't really know how people can react to things of course, yeah. um, you're feeling it you're like mm, this is interesting let me let me let me try and like you know talk to people but um interestingly enough like once again it was actually like in the last country i lived in um there's a really really big um lebanese uh syrian diaspora in trinidad like huge um like the biggest wave i think came in the in the 40s or something like that and so basically um in my school actually like half of the school was like like syrian okay and so, so you were surrounded by arab people kind mm -hmm. of i was surrounded by arabs but like see they had a particularity because most of them had never been in an arab country okay. not of them okay. spoke arabic um it was their grandparents great-grandparents oh, great yeah. so it is quite fur further mm. back but you know i remember every year uh my school used to throw this um international week because i went to okay. school and so they would celebrate every nationality in the school and at the end it culminated with this um food festival And I remember, like, they were so, like, into it. Like, they were celebrating their culture, even though, like, it was so far beyond and it was diluted at that point. And I was like, wow, if these people, like, have a strength to celebrate that way and they're appreciating it, why me, someone, you know, who is, like, Arab um, and, you know, who and has rich Arab countries, why am I not embracing it? So it got me thinking and it got me realizing that, you know, like, it is actually, by the way I used to think, that would feed into the narrative of other people, you know? And, like, yes. the, the media would want to portray. So it, it is interesting to think about it. It is because I feel like when you're younger, you have more, in general, more difficulties to accept who you are and where you come from. And you said 
you perfectly said earlier that you realized quite late actually that yeah this is part of me and I shouldn't mm. be ashamed of it um so also I wanted to ask you how how do you think then all these cultures and your heritage um informs your identity if it does obviously uh, because it's not the case for everyone um, no it, I mean it does obviously because you know It's not like I have lost, like, touch with, like, my cultures and where I come from, you know. Um, mm-hmm. No, not at all. Like, they, they're really informant, actually, yeah. Because it is part of who I am, you know. I listen to Arabic music. I cook Arabic food. You know, I go to France. I speak French. Um, you know, I cook French food. Um, I'm in touch with my family's history. So, like, actually, um, I'm even, like, in touch with even further down because um so my my father who's french um yes their family history is quite interesting because um they were no they were they're not like ethnically french so okay. um, like you know the country algeria um like the biggest arab country well, I, well actually one of the biggest countries in the world um used to be a french colony and it used to be a very 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 important french colony Um, it was like the India of France, you know, and um, yeah. in it, a lot of actually, a lot of Spanish, Maltese, Italian people uh, immigrated to um, to Algeria, and so basically, yeah. and they blended in with the French population, and um, my grandparents are part of those people that um, that came, and so they actually are influenced uh, between different cultures, you know. Like, um, they're influenced by Spanish culture, Italian culture, Maltese culture, French culture, and in some aspects, even though, you know, at the, the colonial time, I'm sick, unfortunately, um, the Arabic culture was quite repressed. Um, yes. They are, they were actually still influenced by Arabic culture, you know, and Jew, actually Jewish culture as well. Jewish culture, yes, because it's an ethnicity and a culture and a religion. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, So... Just for people that are watching, uh, you're saying that basically your uh, grandparents were actually ethnically from Spain, but they mm-hmm. grew up. Well, they grew up. Sorry, they lived in Algeria. Yeah, they grew so up. Your yeah. dad ethnically is actually Spanish. Yeah. But French in terms of nationality. Okay, that's that's really interesting, actually. But if you ask them, they're like they're, they're French. Like if you tell them. Obviously, they're they're not they're like, about the whole yeah. community. But uh, but but. So on my grandma's side, I think it's fur is more further. But my my dad's grandparents are both full on Spanish from Spain, like fresh off the boat, you know. <laughs> Literally. No, 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 seriously, like yeah. my dad's grandma on his dad's side, she's fresh off the boat. Like she was imported, you know. So okay, um, Literally. So yeah. No, 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 definitely. Um, I would like to talk to you about uh, Jaspera. Mm-hmm. Wait, Lina asked the question. Were they Pienoir then? I don't know the English word. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so my, uh, so that's actually, yeah, so it's an expression. Um, it's an expression that's used to identify French people. Well, the, the Europeans. Yes, um, Europeans in general. Because it's Europeans of European descent that were in Algeria 
um, and during the colonial time that then were repatriated to France. So they're called uh, pieds noirs, which means like black feet. Yes, just for the people that don't speak yeah. French. Thank you, Ryan. And thank you, Lina, for the question, actually. Um, also, someone said, I can partially relate to your experience, Ryan. Thank you for sharing um, how you feel like. Um, so let's talk about diaspora now. Uh, Ryan, how would you define diaspora? And do you think that it has ever affected you in any way? And if not, do you think it will affect you in the future? So for me, diaspora, um, there are different definitions and historically of diaspora. Yes, there are some. Yeah. You know, like there is um, the Palestinian diaspora, there is, um, you know, the Lebanese diaspora, there, you know, the Iranian diaspora, Turkish, like yes. the Turkish diaspora, but um, in a way, for me, it's like, it's, they have immigrated from their, con from their country of origin into a new country yes and it's like they're permanently there as a group as a community and within that country a lot of times whereas for me i don't know i've never thought of it to be honest because um i've never I, i've never identified as a just as a member of any diaspora because simply because i grew up in quite a diverse environment so like yeah. you know unlike people um like unlike people everyday people like that live in the UK or in France or in the US um, um, where they're only seeing like French people, British people. Uh, I grew up seeing people from different nationalities and different cultural backgrounds. So, and it, was, and it was never actually, it was usually like we were all one of each. You know what I mean? So yes, it'll be like yes. me, one like half French or Moroccan, it'll be like the Spanish boy, they'll be like the Chinese girl. You know, they'll be like um, the Indian guy, you know? So, like, yeah. it's one of each country, we'll say. Um, so, it was, in a way, very diverse and not a community, sense of community. So, I've never had that feeling, per se. And as well, even growing up, um, I've never, I never, well, first of all, it was really rare that there were French communities where I lived. And also, I never really, we never really interacted with them, my family and I. Okay. We, we do have, like, different, um, a lot of times we did have quite some um, cultural differences, we can say. Of course. And, um, yeah, quite. So you yeah. feel that it has never affected you directly, but it was more, No. you kind of grew up with it, so you don't feel, you don't feel it as much as, other people i guess not uh, really and as well i think a diaspora a lot of times diaspora is there is um there is a um a come with like um some sort of oppression usually yes it's not a choice it's not a choice yes it's not a choice but they are usually quite oppressed by the place where they they come like they they immigrate to in the in oh. the second yeah the one they moved in they are um they are set apart you know, and yes. they are affected by racism and things like which I have never felt, really, because 
I mean, look at me, you know? <laughs> you grew up such in a cosmopolitan place. No, 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 it's not it at all. It's um, actually a friend of mine, uh, well, a little argument we had, um, where I was talking about Morocco, my country, and I said yes. something um, that he didn't really appreciate. And he is, as me, half French, half Moroccan, and he told me... Um, oh you cannot say this thing you cannot say this um and i'm like oh why it's, it's my country and he's like well no but you are passing which i learned uh, a new expression so passing in um in uh like in the diaspora's communities it means that you pass as white yeah it's called colorism so some people mm -hmm. can have well for example like yeah you are basically white passing Mm -hmm. So, you will not face anyone who will, you know, tell you like, oh, you look Arab because you're brown or whatever, like this, this <laughs> image. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's, it's called colorism. It's quite common in Europe. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really sad and it is just the it's truth. Like, I think my experience and my other friends' experience from Morocco mm -hmm. is definitely not the same just because they look more Moroccan than I do. No, um, and I guess exactly what you're explaining, and it's it's really sad, but it's the truth. And I don't think, I don't think it's going to change now. It it will change in the future, but I think people don't realize sometimes that some countries are very diverse. And a, the best example for that, in my opinion, is Morocco, because mm -hmm. no one looks the same in Morocco. There's yeah, like a, a stereotype, yeah. you know, and people forget that, you know, mm -hmm. they just forget. Um, I'm not finding an excuse for them. That, that's not, that's not what I'm doing. But, just... see, but it's interesting because a lot of times it's not their fault. I think it's the exposure we get from, you know, there yes. are maybe nowadays, you know, with like platforms like Netflix where they are, you know, they offer shows like original shows from different maybe. countries with those countries' actors. Yes. So you get like um, more diverse, you know. One example is um, there was this Turkish show that came out during like first lockdown. Um, yes, I think we talked about it. Yeah, and everyone's like, yeah. "Oh, none of them look Turkish. Like, what the hell? Like, it's... And I was like, are you stupid? Like, do you like Turkish people come in all sorts of you know shapes and different skin, yes, different hair color, different hair textures? So it is not just you know a box. Yes, it's and not. And I think it is because yeah. giving an exposure. And um and and you know it's in a lot of countries like once again an example of Trinidad because um, yeah. it's from a, from a social point of view it's a really like like interesting place YouTube, that yeah. country is not homogeneous so you will never be like well how does like a Trini look like because there is not like how a Trini looks like you know it used to be a colonial country from the British Empire so they brought people from everywhere. You have um, Indian descendant uh, Trinis, you have Arab descendant Trinis, you have white descendant Trinis, you have Chinese descendant Trinis, you know, you have um, yes. Afro African descendant Trinis, you have Amerindian, uh, like, so it's those different people that make up the country, and it's like a rainbow, you know. Yes, it is. It is, and I think you and I already talked about it um, last year, but I'm just going to point it out for the people that are watching. Uh, in Morocco, there is a very specific region in the mountains, actually, 
in which people are very, you know, Asian looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is due to many environmental factors. And actually, like scientists have made research on that. And you know how like the environment has an impact on your physics. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, as you know, in the north, people in Morocco have blue eyes and they have blonde hair in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but then in the south, people are tanned. So it's, mm-hmm. as you said, it's a rainbow. And I think that's what makes it beautiful, obviously. Mm-hmm. If, if everyone was the same, that would have been so boring. No, um, yeah. You know, Lena, that you interviewed last week, you know, Morocco, you're a neighboring country. Yes, yes. They're both Arab countries, but we also <laughs> have like uh, native, uh, na- uh, native people, autochthon people, which are Amazigh. Um, yes. And Lena, for example, is an Amazigh. She is na- like her family is native from Africa. And exactly. There, she is blonde, has green eyes. <laughs> With blue eyes. She's, she's more pale than me, you know. So like yes. a lot of times, people are like, no, you cannot. And um, as well, a big thing that you have is all colorism um, that I've seen in um, in Europe and America. Is a lot of people that are like, oh. Um, I remember I was in this um, the society event, and they're like, "Is there any African people in the room? Raise your hand." And I raised my hand, and uh, there was this Nigerian girl that also raised her hand, and everyone just stared at me like, "What? What are you?" You know. And someone's like, "Oh, are you from South Africa?" You know. So a lot of people actually in their mind, it's there are two countries in Africa that. <laughs> can be fair skin that's so and true though so forget true. the whole of the continent <laughs> you know like a lot of people in southern like i'm moroccan they're like oh so like why is your skin so white you know why is your hair blonde and um it's for me it's non-exposure and lack of education on the topic because you know as well i'm a big advocate for um history and geography curriculums in school so yes. i find in Europe, unfortunately, a lot of the curriculums have a very Eurocentric point of view, and um, you know, they don't teach about other places and other places' history. They really don't. They really, they really don't. don't. Which is really lacking, in my opinion, because you know, um, then what do you raise? You raise adults that don't know anything about That's... what's going on in the world, what what is the world really, <laughs> you know, and so. I believe that indeed we should change this curriculum to include a more inclusive, um, more inclusive inclusivity, you know, and yes. respect towards people, you know, like for example, um, maybe you have heard. I mean, some of you have heard what happened in France um, a few weeks ago. There was um, so unfortunately this this magazine that keeps on uh, doing just caricatures of um, the Prophet Muhammad and. Um, it keeps they keep publishing new versions of it always over and over, and they like the the scandal. And there's a history teacher who, in his class, showed them there is a difference between like maybe talking about them and showing them because by showing them you're alienating this whole part of your class, and you are offending a group of people. So yes, we should you know like examine the ways that we discuss about um different cultures and manners are inclusive and respectful and that not in that way you know yes and this goes back to what we talked about before um cultural relativism Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think 
you know, this is actually a really interesting point because there are ways to ask questions as well. So mm. if I ask you, for example, this is not related to this uh, example, but if I ask you, for example, where are you from? Mm -hmm. There is a way to ask, you know, and I think you're right. The only way to change mm. that is to actually educate people on how we are different and how different cultures have, dif have different traditions as well and beliefs. Mm -hmm. um, no, it's like, um, I'll tell you a little anecdote. So my mother's name is um, Rabia, who don't ask me to pronounce in Arabic because I cannot pronounce it. Rabia. Yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, um, it's really interesting because in Latin languages, so in like especially Spanish, yes. uh, Rabia means rabies. Like literally, you're in a rabies. Yes. And so um, a lot of times actually, like so when we lived in Ecuador, you had to fly with the Spanish airlines and in their brain, it was, like, impossible for someone to be called like that. So they kept on changing okay. the name on the, on, the, on the flight ticket. So they yes. gave you Rabiz, Rabibi, Rabiat. Like, they would change it just because it's, like, it must have been a typo. Or, you know, a lot of other examples um, of, for example, why we don't, um, we usually don't interact with French people abroad. Because, like, my mother has experienced some racism. Like, for example, someone being like, oh your name is just so exotic like um mm, it smells like spices you know so there are ways to ask Ooh, yeah that's from you know and um and it's just you know sometimes obviously when you say oh like where are you from like i'm interested oh this is like a very nice dish you know th that there's a ways to you know initiate a conversation but obviously when you're like um you know patronizing already and um like talking in a very oh like spices and like you know bring yeah, your hides it's like wow yes I, I agree with you that's why i i totally agree with you i think history should be taught in a way that you learn about the culture as well and the heritage and the beliefs etc mm -hmm. and also on the other hand i don't want to find an excuse for anyone who has ever made a weird comment to me because <laughs> Like, I had so many opportunities to learn about cultures, and you know me, like, you and I, we always talk about other cultures. Mm -hmm. We know so much about other cultures, so why would they not learn about us? Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I know that, like, it should be in the curriculum, but at the same time, I don't want to find an excuse for them, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's quite... I have mixed feelings about it, personally. I, I don't know about you, but I have mixed feelings. Yeah, no, it's... Um... It's interesting, I'll say, like, having to explain to people and all that. But in a way, you know, I am not against explaining to people because, you know, that creates a discussion. And I'm not uh, against explaining. By creating a discussion, it creates information and that dialogue. And that's really important to have because um, a lot of people just don't know, you know, like. Um, I know. That's why there well, are ways to ask. There, there are ways to ask. You know, I'll give you an example. Um, two summers ago, I worked in a camp, a summer camp in London, where uh, you had like kids from abroad that came to learn English for a few weeks. And I would take care of them, show them around London and, you know, take them to places. And one night we had this like restaurant night. We went to an Arabic restaurant and there was a belly dancer. And in my group, there was um, this girl from, I think she was from Chad. Um, um, yeah. And so basically she was, you know, belly dancing is very like, it's a dance which is very sensual and yes. 
it is revealing. It and, is. It is. Uh, it is. And she was like, she had never, she didn't even know what belly dancing was, and she came from a very like, she came from quite a conservative Muslim background. Okay. But what was interesting about her was that at the end she went up to the dancer and asked her like, "Can you explain to me what this is?" You know, and like that's, what that's ridiculous. And um, she's like, "Are are you Arab? Are you Muslim? Like, um, is it like?" what part of the culture is it so it's really interesting when you look at it that way it's like you yes. want to learn you want to be informed. yes she was curious she wasn't judging curiosity and there's you know it lacks judgment and that's good because you know you shouldn't be judging others of course you shouldn't uh, m caesar has said on the subject of names do you agree with attributing english names to people of asian descent sorry oh. i think it's a great cultural Oh, I have so many Pakistani friends and uh, Indian friends who have English names. Uh, Daniel, uh, Sasha, like so many. Um, so, it is inter interesting question. It's interesting because actually my name is, um, my name in a way is like, um, so my name like is neutral. So, you know me as Ryan. Yeah. Um, we have but, so many Ryans in Morocco, but so, there are so but, many yeah, Ryans in Morocco. That's well. the thing, because like, so my parents wanted to choose a name that um, was like a blend in both of the cultures I came from. Yes, and that's so what they, they did with me and my sister as well. Yeah, so they, like, you know, my name is Ryan and like an urban fan, <laughs> you know, so like it is, it blends in both backgrounds. It does, yes. Yeah, so, anyway, can, can you repeat that question? Because like it, I had a little glitch and um, like I couldn't hear the whole thing. Yes, of course, sorry. Um, so he said, on the subject of names, do uh -huh. you agree with attributing English names to people of Asian descent? Well, and then he said, I think it's a great culture disservice. Yeah, you know, like, it's a name, you know. And at the end of the day, you're like, um, if you get that name, you're appreciating the name. And because, uh, I mean, to name your child something, it must mean that you like the name to a certain degree. So, yeah, yeah you know, embrace it. Like, I'm down. I like, you know, um, see, I have an interesting take on cultural appropriation. Um, a lot of people will be like, oh, um, you know, a white girl wearing, for example, like, like a nice culture, like dressed in a different culture. And, you know, portraying it in a good way i've seen girls being lynched for that you know yes because why you know if she's wearing like there was this huge thing with this girl a few years ago who wore a, a traditional chinese dress for her prom and she got bashed by the internet you know yes like, cultural appropriation no like that for me that example was cultural uh, appreciation you know and I think it is great that, like, I think it's good sometimes, you know, they get that exposure. Of course, it's unfortunate they don't get exposure from um, yeah. from people from that background always. But, you know, we are in an evolving world and things go step by step. So it's through exposure that, you know, we get more things. Like, for example, um, there's a few years ago, Madonna got lynched at the VMAs for wearing a traditional Moroccan uh, Moroccan jewelry. And, um, oh, the photo shoot, yes, I remember. Yeah, but see, it's interesting, like, she didn't do anything bad about it. and. But to be she... honest, people in Morocco were happy. Yeah, people in Morocco were happy. We're happy, you know, yes. But 
it was a whole other the rest of the world that was like oh madonna what are you doing but it, it brought exposure onto, into the country and as well to the mm -hmm. people of the country which i think is great yes um so regina has said something really interesting about um names and elida and Uh, someone else were talking about it. They're talking about pronunciation and how people don't make an effort to pronounce names. And actually, I noticed something. In uni, there are so many, so many people in my course who have, in my opinion, very easy names to pronounce. And there's this girl um, from Eastern Europe who I think has an easy name to pronounce, but she tells other people to call her with a nickname, basically. Um... Uh, And I think it's really sad. It's because other people couldn't pronounce her name in the past that she's telling people, oh, call me that way, you know? Because no, she knows people won't be able to pronounce it. And That's sad. It's sad, yes. Uh, but uh, People don't put enough effort, you know, usually. I, I've yes, they don't. Surprised, you know? A lot of people are like, are like, oh, like actually one of my new friends, um, one of my really close friends, Otis. Um, so, yeah. He tells me to call him Otis, or everyone that he meets now Otis, but his real name is not Otis, and um, he's from Greece, so he's really Spaniotis. So it's like people have, in the past, struggled to say his actual name, and they're like, oh, like just don't try, you know. Like my friend Kana as well, as well. A lot of people from Greece use their nicknames, yeah. you know. Like her name is Kana. Well, her nickname is Kana, but like her real name is Costadina, you know. So, yes, I don't think yeah. it's hard to pronounce. I just think people. I should make an effort. I have a very close friend. Her name is Pavlina. She's from Cyprus. Um, mm -hmm. And the first time we met, she told me her name and I pronounced it back. And she was like, oh, you pronounced it so well. And I told her, it should be a normal thing, but it's not. Mm -hmm. As you just said, they shortened their names too. And yeah, I think it's sad. Um, so Elida said, where do we draw the line with cultural appropriation and appreciation? appreciation? And then she said, uh, like, Adele's Notting Hill Carnival Instagram post was very much on that line. I agree. <laughs> For me, Adele's post is, she's loving the carnival, you know? I, I've been, like, I've been to real, I, I, <clears throat> I've been to real, real Caribbean carnival. Trinidad has the biggest carnival in the Caribbean. And you see them from every, every, like, different backgrounds. You know, skin colors, different shapes, participate yes. in it. So it's not just, it doesn't belong as well to one group, for that example. And uh, where do you draw the line? I think that you draw the line when you're being disrespectful of someone's culture. You know, when yes. you are offending someone. Like, for example, when, um, you know, um, there's a, a movie Uh, they're quite like Breakfast at Tiffany's, and um, yeah, <laughs> uh, Audrey. No, Audrey Hepburn's. Um, I don't remember the name of the characters, but Audrey Hepburn's neighbor in the movie, uh, is a Japanese man who's portrayed by a white man. So for me, that is cultural appropriation. That is, um, you know, disrespectful. Yes, and the way they portrayed him as well yeah, in the movie, or, he's always like angry that she rings and things like this, which yeah, or when you're fetishizing, as well, like for example, when you're fetishizing people of different ethnicities, for me that is wrong, and uh, you know it, it shouldn't be a thing. Like, yeah, no, it, it is a complicated line, but need to read between the. <laughs> 
you need to read the people, you know, because not everyone has horrible intentions. It doesn't mean that because you're wearing, you know, like bantu knots or braids or you're wearing a kimono, that it means that you're being racist or that you're appropriating someone's culture. Because honestly, if someone is wearing your, like, if someone is like, you know, doing those things, doesn't mean like that we are you're appreciating it you know know, we live in a very global world yes that's what Amsterdam was pointing out uh he said that at this point it's globalization more than appropriation yeah which i i agree on uh on certain extent uh but yes ryan actually i i I would like to say something you know when when i see people wearing you know, Moroccan clothes or, you know, Moroccan jewelry, it, it makes mm-hmm. me happy because, yeah. you know, I'm thinking, oh, like, they love the culture so much that they, they even want to, no, you know, yeah. appreciate it on the clothing level, yeah. No, and, and you know what, respect, going back to the question, another thing is, like, for example, because um, I have seen, like, uh, examples in the US where you yes. had like uh, African American girls that were told that their hair should look natural um, and um, okay. it should be kept you know so and that's some types of braids aren't um, aren't allowed because it doesn't look clean you know that's, yeah, very, I heard about when a white too. person does it that it's that's fine that for me is wrong. And it's you know, so rude. Everyone is the same level. Yeah, I heard some people had issues issues because they had afros and mm-hmm. someone at work told them, Oh, this doesn't look professional. Yeah. How... No. <laughs> it's just that's another story, but it makes me so hungry, not gonna lie. Um anyways. Uh I just wanted to ask you one last thing before we finish the live. Mm-hmm. And I know you have talked about it earlier, but do you think you have a third culture? Yeah, I have third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth culture, you know, because um, at the end of the day, you know, I am a product of, like, you know, my two family backgrounds. And I'm also a product of every place I've been and visited. Yes. Um, so yeah um so do you think you have a british culture i mean i'm gaining some parts of them some things you know yes. and you know one last thing before i close oh before we close sorry um, <laughs> that's it's so interesting it's yes. um you know as much as there are borders on our maps there are borders in our minds and um, we have this rigid construct of what people are, what people should be, and where people should come from. And, um, you know, for me, every time I travel, every time I talk to someone from a different place, um, every time I learn a new language, well, I cross that border. Yes. So, yeah. Yes, that's that's really interesting because the borders are sometimes in our minds. Yeah. Yes, actually, there is a book that I read uh, two years ago or three years. It was called 
I can't remember. It's about borders and how they're actually made and you realize so many things. I was just so shocked. Uh, I'll try to find the title and I'll send it to you, but uh, let me... If it was really good, uh, honestly, I, I loved it. Um, let me find the name. Okay, I'll find it and I'll send it to you, but it was about borders, actually. And when, I'm, when I say borders, I mean physical borders and imaginary borders, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was it was a really interesting book. Uh, but yes, uh, it's the end of the live. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you so much uh, for being transparent and sharing personal stories as well. Yes, no, definitely. Uh, thank you. It was it was really nice. Um, I hope you enjoyed it too. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed talking to <laughs> But yes, uh, I'm going to post the live, so I'll send it to you as well if you want to share it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for everyone who asked questions, by the way, and yeah, uh, for, for everyone who has made comments. Thank you. Anyways, bye, guys. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye -bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.